Good morning, Miss Maggie. Good morning. We're finally situated. <laughs> yes, it feels fantastic. We were outside and it's it started to drizzle a little bit. And as excited as I am about having experiences like that, we came back inside. Well, and we, so here we are. We care about the electronics that yes, allow us to broadcast. But just to put it out there as a forewarning for our listeners, the grandfather <laughs> clock is is right there next to the table, and uh, we were we did this the other day, and it sounded just beautiful in the background. So if that's what you hear, that's what you hear. <laughs> there it is. I can't. I'm not about to try to stop that. It's oh my beautiful. goodness, no! I can't even imagine. We don't want to interrupt the voice in that clock. No. Every 15 minutes. But we do want to interrupt the negative voices in our heads. Ooh. There it is. Nice transition. Negative thinking. (laughs) You know, negative thinking is junk food for an idle mind. It really is, though. (laughs) It really is, though. Cheetos and goldfish. (laughs) Oh, man. But truthfully, it is. is. Well, and that fits the definition perfectly because when an idle mind, you can literally feel it craving the, uh, the stimulation of negativity. Yes, and an idle mind is one that has not even begun to give consideration today for its genius of purpose, for what I should be doing that's positive in my life. There it is. There it is. So as a result, fear-based thinking is really easily stimulating for an idle mind. Mm. So we want to avoid that. Avoid the idle mind. And work on your kinetic beliefs. What are you imagining to desire? And what are you grateful for? That's the beginning of casting down idle thoughts. You know, <laughs> I just I just heard someone out there going, are these people talking about thoughts again? <laughs> yes, we <laughs> yes, are. Yes, we are. Because it's all that matters. <laughs> we, we should and, and probably could and maybe we have. <laughs> talked about thinking and positive thoughts every, on every single podcast. It would be the it wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> Maybe that's the new name for do. the podcast. What's that? Thoughts. Just thoughts. thoughts. Thinking. <laughs> but mostly thoughts. Think. <laughs> Think. Well, it really does. It's it's kind of the seed, isn't it? It's the, sort of the seed from which everything around you grows because as you as you tell us many times because we need to hear it. Our words come from our thoughts, and what comes from our words? Everything that you can see and touch and that you're experiencing. So negative thinking, that's where it's harbored, yes. And if if you are prone to negative thinking, look at what you're doing with your thoughts. In, in other words, junk food for an idle mind, negative thoughts. So we begin to construct a blueprint for our best life, to get rid of the idle mind, the the prospect for the negative thinking to even have a place to come and set up camp. Well, and I think that that's such a perfect analogy, the junk food analogy, because it is important to recognize when our mind or our body is craving something for what would be considered instant gratification. Because if you're aware of the instant gratification that's being craved, then you can overcome it properly. Um, because it's always a bad long-term result. So maybe you're yes. going to feel stimulated and excited for 10 seconds while you're consuming this thing. But think about the long-term problem. Think about the long-term issue of what this is going to manifest. And you know something? Negative thinking is a habit. It's a habitual pattern and a way of thinking. And it's it's almost like a, 
uh, Tourette's of sorts. And, and person, when you develop in the habit of it, yes. you can be driving to, to work and you're thinking, I'd rather not be going. I don't want to get down there and have to do this job again. I don't like the people that I work with. I don't like the person that I work for. And on and on it goes. It, instead of that, mm. instead of I, I'm thankful for this job, I'm grateful for the people that I work with, I'm grateful to have this opportunity to grow and develop and, and on and on. You're right. It does become almost a tick. I remember years and years ago when I found myself or I became aware of how much I said the word sorry. I was saying it at every turn for the most benign things. And when I tried to stop, when I actually made that decision to stop saying that all the time, I could hear myself saying it almost in this out-of-body experience. And I would just <laughs> scream at myself internally, like, shut up. Stop saying this stuff. And even though you know you're not supposed to, it, I just think it's wonderful to acknowledge that um, this probably has become a habit. So you have to treat it accordingly. Sure. And it's good to replace it with things like, I get to, mm. instead of, I have to go to work. Say, I get to go to work. It's a privilege to go over here. It's a privilege to be able to do this. It's a privilege to get out of bed in the morning. It's a privilege to mm. go to bed at night. It's a privilege to go to the grocery store. Wow. It's a privilege to get in this car and drive. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. I get to. It's a privilege to. Mm. Simple things like that begin to change the, the perspective that we have on the life we get to live. So a positive mind, Maggie, is just an optimistic mind. It meditates on our creative power and it thinks about whatever is gentle and whatever is correct, right, whatever is pure, meaning it's not double-minded as well, it's pure. There's an essence yeah. of purity in that it, it doesn't get tossed around by the negative version of the positive thing. And I love the flip side of the, the different angle of what you just said as well. So, you know, if a, if a positive mind is fueling our optimism, then that means that any sort of fear, lingering fear, negativity that we're allowing to enter our mind is going to rob us of our optimism. So that makes it make so much more sense. You know, when you feel down and depressed and sort of terrible after consuming negativity, that's that's what you get. That's the result. And there's nothing in between. We're, we are either mm. optimistic or we're pessimistic. Yeah. There's wow. no neutral in any of this. And so we continue to dwell on intentionally by stirring it up, whatever is pleasant, whatever is beautiful, whatever good thing that is to be desired, if anything is excellent or to be championed and celebrated and encouraged and edified, these are the things that we think about intentionally. Mm. And I think a lot of times when you hear this for the first time, at least I know that I've heard this, you know, sort of regurgitated back to me. And someone loves to say, well, I need to know what's going on. You know, I need to know what's going on in the world. But you you walked us through, I don't know if it was on the podcast, but just recently you and I had this great conversation about how, you know, think about the negative slice of, of news, world news that you just heard. Now imagine if your life would change. What would be, how would you be different if you had never heard that? You know, what it's not as if we prepare, you know, we don't use preparation techniques when we hear this negative news. And so I just think that acknowledging that, you know, the only thing in our life that would change if that information was not a part of us is that we would have more peace. Well, the reason that a person says that I need to know what's going on, I need to know the bad thing that's happened, is because their their idle mind needs the junk food. It needs the fix. It needs something yeah. in replacement of, wow. of what's already missing. Wow. Again, there's no... 
nature abhors a void, a vacuum. And so if it, if your thoughts or if your mind is not filled with positivity, then it's it needs the negativity. It cannot be wow. neutral. It needs to know the bad news. Her ego is is runs quite the con game, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the perfect oh, word for I just, it. I just need to know what's going on. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how how that ego narrative just kicks in immediately with all the reasons. Reasonings, that, yes. That we, should, that we should harbor negativity. Excuses and reasonings. And if that's not enough, you're just a victim. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you know, thinking about right. these things produces the emotion of optimism, thinking about being celebrated and doing it for yourself. Mm. We're encouraging ourselves and, and championing ourselves through our journals and our self-talk. And then that optimism you know what it does? It produces happiness. And the, the mental and then the physical strength of joy follows. So the way that we interrupt a runaway voice, let's just call it that, when we follow after those negative thoughts and we allow them to take up harbor, mm. the way that we interrupt that is by speaking aloud. You know, we do it with affirmations at the end of every podcast. And we do it, you and I, throughout the day, in the mornings, in the evening. There's a, a positive affirmation. We speak aloud the interpretation of what we see our life as being. That's what a mm. affirma positive affirmation is. We cannot think one thing while speaking another. It's not possible. You can't have negative thinking while saying positive things. The positive words spoken cast down the negative thoughts. Will you walk us all through the exercise that you did? This was You only did it once, and it was in a podcast long, long ago, um, where you have us think of the numbers. Oh, yeah, second. sure. Okay. Absolutely. Well, do this, then do this, Maggie. Okay. I want you to very slowly count to 10. In my mind? No, uh, do it. Uh, um, yeah, do it in your mind. Okay. Just think and go ahead and start counting in your mind when I say, say begin. So begin. Say your name aloud. Megan. And that interrupted your thinking, didn't it? I did. I did not make it to 10. You didn't make it to 10. And you you spoke Megan and it stopped. It interrupted your thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's the way we, we do with our negative thoughts. If you, if you just have that thought process, that string of thoughts, and it's going on and on and on. You're, you're driving somewhere and you, you started the process. You're internally... Um, uh, speaking this volume of, of negative dialogue to yourself, speak aloud the positive thing, and you immediately stop that process. That's just one way of doing it. I remember when I first got a hold of this, and that would happen to me, and I got into this kind of weird habit of just yelling no. <laughs> you know, a negative thought would enter, and I'm just out in public, no, <laughs> because I, I didn't have the positive thoughts on the ready quite yet. And so that's how I would, no, that's, that's how I was. You, you started with a baby step, didn't you? <laughs> I sure did. But you know, in the same way, and it, actually this does not happen that often, but you cannot think everything's going to be okay while saying nothing works out for me. Mm. It, it, the same thing holds true. Wow. So whatever we're speaking and saying aloud has final authority over our thoughts. We Ooh, cannot you, think. Well, you got to say that one. That one more time. That was whatever we speak has final authority over our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so the way to stop the runaway negative thinking is to speak something aloud that's positive. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, we can't think, you know, I'm healthy. I'm so healthy. I'm strong. I'm I'm uh, um, 
from healthy from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet while saying out loud that, um, you know, I think I'm coming down with something. Right. I need to call mom and, and tell her to get me some chicken soup and jello for lunch because I don't feel very good. And you're saying it aloud. And that is the negative interruption over those positive thoughts. Well, and what a conflicting um, inner, inner turmoil we're creating when we do that as well. And not just within ourselves, but you can so easily see how that's going to be so confusing for your relationship with the universe. Um, one step forward, three steps back. One step forward, three steps back. Over and over again. Yes, because the universe has our best intentions. The universe has a storehouse of material that it wants to manifest into our lives to bring about our purpose and our genius of purpose for experiencing. So here it is. When we align our positive thoughts with our positive words, we powerfully manifest good things into our lives. And so as a result, life just begins to unfold in ways that we never imagined. When we let go of what we know from what we've even experienced before. In other words, okay, you've had a bad experience. But rather than allowing that to dictate what's going to happen in the future, we can cast down those experiential, negative experiential knowledge that we've had from the past by, again, thinking the positive thing and venturing out into a world of positive possibilities by speaking what we want to see come to pass in our lives. This goes hand in hand with your teaching on positive disruptions, because we're talking a lot about habits, how negative thinking is highly, highly habitual. Um, But habits are also triggered. So they're triggered by life. They're triggered by places, people, circumstances. So it seems like that's going to be a big part of this overcoming negativity process as well, Um, disrupting your typical routine, um, reevaluating relationships, where we go, the things that, you know, when you when you had that highly negative thought, um, you know, where did it come from? And what were you doing at the time? Reevaluating the relationship that we're having with ourselves. Mm. Because how would we reconfigure or how would we go about thinking throughout the day? If we just decided to be the person that we admire, How would that change your thoughts? What would you be thinking about doing? What would you be talking about with others? What would you be dreaming about if you just made the decision that, you know what, I am going today, right now, I'm going to be the person that I admire. That's a game changer. It's a thought changer. Mm. One thing that you'll notice in all people that you admire is that they are people that take responsibility for themselves. And by doing that, they're taking responsibility for the things that they say, the things that they do, therefore the things that they think about. I am taking full responsibility for the thoughts that I allow myself to to have. Mm. And so, Maggie, KBs are a people that have made the mindful decision like you and I do to get their acts together, the complete act all of it. And they've got, because we've got things to do in the world. We've got things to experience. We've got things that we want to accomplish. And we are ready to existentially put forth our purpose no matter what. And the thing that's behind the games that people are playing out in the world today is 
is all the good purpose that they came here with to this world, they've just been ignoring it. And when you ignore your purpose, when you ignore that thing that's on the inside of you, that's seated in there, that came to this world to manifest and to grow and to become something, when you ignore that, everybody's got these voices in their head and there's this warring debate between your higher self and the egoic mind. And it's the egoic mind that wants to confuse you and to start talking to you about other things to distract you from your purpose. And so when that egoic mind gets busy with all this noise, just know that the higher self is there that's leading you to podcasts like this one and attempting to guide you toward the lofty vision that you came into the world with. The egoic voice just wants you to cave in and quit. And it's just, like we were saying, full of all of these excuses. Um, The responsibility, that's a huge word in all of this because it's a huge first step but it's one of those leaps in life where once you take it you the the universe can finally fully meet you in that place and without that responsibility we we watched the funniest video the other day it was this mom was telling her two or three year old little baby girl she said when i tell you to stop you know you have to stop and hold my hand you can't just keep running you know Mm -hmm. and she was really kind of given to her because obviously she had just run toward the street or something and the little girl got so mad and yelled and screamed she said i'm just a baby (laughs) but isn't that how so many of us go (laughs) are tempted we want to go through life but you know you want to make i think it's interesting to drill down into excuses and not taking responsibility because that comes from a place of wanting to make up for what you believe are your shortcomings or your failures you know you want to make those excuses and you want to shirk responsibility when you feel like you've fallen short in some area. And so that's going to be a huge part of this is realizing that kinetic believers don't fail. We have a daily practice of progress um, and nothing is a failure and we don't have shortcomings. We only have certain levels of growth as we go through these these steps and we journal and we we pay attention and become mindful daily. Well, part of the process of transcending over the lower self is developing in the ability to discern between the lower self and the higher self, mm-hmm. to discern between the ego and the the uh, higher ability to reason in a way that comes with seeing purpose for this life. Because both of those were created within each one of us. Yeah. And so the person that is riddled with excuses is still following after the egoic self. But there is there is a passage in the Bible which says that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. It doesn't say the truth will set you free. It says, it says knowledge of the truth will set you free. Well, the question then is free from what? Mm. What do I need to be free from? Right. Revelation wow. knowledge is is not a list of facts or trivia that you can get out of a book. It has deeper power than that. It has the power to set us free and to elevate us to successes that, you know what, we never even imagined possible in our lives. You and I went out into the Blue Ridge Mountains last weekend, and we took our e-bikes out there. And the, the only knowledge that you and I had, Maggie, as we loaded our bikes up, was that we're going to go out into the mountains. Yes. That's all we knew. <laughs> We didn't know what we were going to experience. We had maybe some inclination that it's going to be enjoyable and beautiful and fun, but we didn't know. All we knew is that we were going into the Blue Ridge Mountains. In fact, we made a couple of phone calls and somebody said, you know, 
be aware of this and watch for that and be careful about this. Yeah. The negative. But we didn't know what it was going to be like. However, discovery was in abundance as we went throughout the day. Not the knowledge that we had that became inferior to the actual manifestation of the unknown because we were venturing into a a, a, a a situation and a circumstance, a possibility with a positive mm-hmm. expectation for the greater to show up in our lives. Wow. That's, that is just very cool because as we move through new experiences in life, you can really see them as, you know, they're virgin experiences. It's, it's this thing that, wow, I actually get to only put my stamp of perspective on because when you have information from outside sources about, something you have yet to experience it's tainted now it's uh and it it could be for good or bad but it's someone else's opinion and so being able to move forward and and carve out your own path in this life while attaching the cabies perspective from day one um, that's a really beautiful visual how many times have you picked up one of those brochures in a hotel that you know, you can go over to the waterfall, or you can go on this ghost tour, <laughs> yeah. or you can go to the amusement park. You can go to the gardens, and all these, they have these racks, and there's a yeah. hundred different sightseeing brochures. Yes, and then you go to one of those, and it's nothing like the brochure. It's probably better. You can't put it into a brochure. The brochure is a lot like a thought, right. an experience, a snapshot of a thing. Mm-hmm. That's never going going to fully express what you're about to experience, but with the right attitude and the right thoughts, and you journey into the adventure of the unknown, mm-hmm. so much more is revealed. That's where possibilities from out of the heart come from out of the universe to have that intersection in your life. That experience that we had up in the Blue Ridge Mountains on those e-bikes, it took us... Uh, out into the forest where the canopy was probably 75 to 100 feet above us mm. and the butterflies and the birds the sound of those birds just you know the thick audio of of the various um uh, types of animals just beautiful to the senses the streams and the flowers the scents the smells that you and i just basked in throughout the day we couldn't have planned that. We had no idea that that's what it was going to be. But the reward for our willingness to go out into the mm-hmm. unknown and to continue the journey was was it far surpassed anything we could have thought of or imagined. What advice would you give to someone listening and, and they're, they're saying, you know, this sounds wonderful, but whenever I find myself in a new place or experiencing something new, um, the apprehension and even the, uh, uh, the negativity is just so prevalent. Like I just, I lean toward the negative perspective of a new situation, of a new experience. You know, how do I, how do I stop picking out the negativity and start by rote automatically seeing the positive and seeing the good in everything? Well, that person is a lot like the child that says, I don't want to go down there. I want to stay here and watch cartoons. I, I don't want to go to the park. <laughs> I don't want to go out there. I don't want to go where you're wanting yeah. to take me. When they get there, the fear that was present before typically falls away because, look, we cannot Mm. imagine the extension of ourselves. You and I were not able to imagine the extension of ourselves in the Blue Ridge Mountains last weekend. 
The child can't imagine themselves in the park, not, not the reality of themselves being in the park, unless they have that experiential knowledge. And even then, it's not going to be the same experience that it was last time. Life unfolds as we move forward into it. There's no real repeat. Now, you can have the thought of it repeating itself, but there's not a real repeat. And so we can't imagine the extension of ourselves. Life is about self-discovery. And we cannot know what we're capable of until we just let go of what we've already done. And so there are a lot of facts floating around, which are more often than not just a set of good guesses or approximations and just opinions that that change as easily as the wind does. And the reason I think all this is important is because this goes back to the kind of thoughts that we allow ourselves to, that we allow to inhabit us. And the thoughts are limiting to action, limiting to going and doing. And you'll find people that are harbored inside of the, the safety of four walls, rarely ever venturing out to do much of anything because they think that the new expression is going to be something they've already done and that is not possible. If you took a van trip, a ride across the country five years ago and you came back, for example, and you, and you think the thought is, well, I've done that and so I don't have any interest in doing it again. That's a negative thought, actually, based on a previous experience that you've had. And so the reality of it is, is that there's always newness. There's always something else that's going to occur that stimulates your thoughts, stimulates your life, that causes us to increase and become more. I want to hover over something you just said for a moment. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When you said, you know, we cannot allow ourselves to rest in the successes. We have to allow ourselves to let go of the successes of yesterday. And that's really profound because that's something when we allow ourselves to be a little plateau-minded, um, we want to stand on that mountaintop a little too long instead of moving on mm -hmm. to the next one. And that is, you can see it uh, when we visualize that, that is a huge part of progress and constantly being in motion in our present moment toward growth, success, more new experiences, different experiences because you know i think we all at least have seen the movie where the guy was a football player in high school and you know <laughs> he just can't let that go you know we right. we, yes. we won state yes. we won state well that was 30 years ago but you're still resting on that success um so that's really i, I just loved how you said that you know releasing it letting it go yes it was a positive check but releasing it so you can grasp the new thing because what happens is prideful people think that they know a lot and pride is the mask of the ego and the sad thing about the mask of pride is that it hides what was meant for beauty tomorrow mm. and next month and next year mm. not back in the 80s when you threw a touchdown pass <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was just one more notch in the the tree of life well and how many times have you and I gone back to a really beautiful place um, and, and it hits you completely differently because you're a different person. You know, the mountain is the same. 
and it's unchanging. But we are, we evolve so much every day, and especially year to year. And so to revisit these things is really to not revisit them. It's to rediscover mm-hmm. them as, as who you are today. The voice of the higher self is always compelling and impelling you to move forward, mm-hmm. to advance and to go beyond. And the pride of ego just listens to the excuses of fear to protect itself from lies. And it pushes back against the sacrificial voice of the higher self. But now humble people, those that are hungry for revelation knowledge, realize that they need the creator's voice for the dreams of endeavors to access the knowledge of their truth. They, they recognize that there's always more than me. There's always more than what I think I know. And it's the revelation knowledge that comes from listening to the voice of purpose, the voice of God. And it's the only way to win over the battle of the ego. The voice of ego, which is the I that judges other people, the I that defends itself, it's easily offended. And it's the I within us that competes with other people. It's the egoic self. It's ready and it's waiting to spread condemnation, to think uh, thoughts of condemnation, and to think about ways to meddle in the affairs of other people in hopes that, you know what, someone is going to latch on to it and then give it total access into their lives so that it can exercise this abusive dominion over them. But this is, this is why humanity needs revelation knowledge, which is revealed truth about itself. Not only does it need it, but it's getting it. I mean, it's, it's happening worldwide right now. There is revelation knowledge that's being revealed, that is being revealed in the spirit of humanity. And it's there to awaken, um, and, and by the way, to awaken is not to be woke. Don't confuse the two. It's to be enlightened without an agenda. Having an agenda, which essentially means a desire to control other people, that just produces bitterness and, and strife and anger. And those are all just descriptives of negative emotions, which come from negative thinking. Negative emotions are produced by the voice of negative thinking in our minds. And one of the most difficult things to do is to interrupt the voice of negative thinking when we believe that we've been betrayed, for example. If you don't start speaking, if we don't say something aloud that will break that that string of, of thoughts, um, you'll continue down that road. And, and, and I have found, Megan, we've talked a lot about this, is that when someone feels like they've been betrayed, that is one of the most difficult things to do is to interrupt that voice. And psychology, for example, has identified the act of betrayal as a loss of some type. And it's a deep one. And it can involve uh, actually a period of grieving. And there are essentially... Uh, various stages, I think there's about five different stages of emotional distress that people go through. And it includes shock, uh, denial, anger, depression, and even bargaining with someone that they think has betrayed them, and then ultimately acceptance. But most of us have felt one or more of those emotions after we believe that we've been betrayed and feeling sad, feeling disappointed, or even angry after a betrayal. That's normal. Yeah. Just like the grief of losing a loved one. 
We have to guard against prolonged grieving because, you know something, grief and sorrow are destructive when they're tolerated. And the way that we tolerate those is we continue to mull it over in our thoughts and thinking sad thoughts and allowing the sorrow to take root. The words grief and, and sorrow can also be translated sickness and weakness and pain. But any way that we translate them, all those are pieces of the same destructive puzzle. And the good news is, is that KBs don't have to tolerate those negative voices that produce negative feelings any more than we have to allow sickness or disease to enter into our bodies. We can change our minds by establishing new kinetic beliefs regarding any perceived wrong that's ever been done to us. And the negative thoughts dissipate. They just evaporate into no effect. This is the power of observational quantum mechanics. Well, and the way that you just laid out betrayal was, I found it to be really, really fascinating because you you, sh- you revealed to us how that specific thing, betrayal, feeling betrayed, is the ultimate ego activator. Mm-hmm. Um because if you think that you're in one space or one domain with a person, then you it's revealed that you were completely wrong. It's well, it's almost embarrassing, um, even mm-hmm. within yourself and and to yeah. anyone else that knows. And nothing activates our ego more more deeply and faster and in, in, even in a almost a violent way than embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And I love being able to kind of dissect that in my own mind and to understand, you know, what why this is even happening why does it feel this way because i think when we can understand why the ego is doing that it's it's almost like we get to become finally an observer of these things within ourself mm. and that means that we can now deal with them well and yes and once we become an observer we are able to rid ourselves as we go through each day of all the bitterness mm. which is just a poison to the mind and the physical body mm. but to rid ourselves of it is to ascend above it and to see it and change our perspective and see it for what it really is. Yeah. Because here's what happens. We use our creative authority by giving ourselves the luxury of rehearsing what was said or done over and over and over. And Especially if the conversation is over. <laughs> <laughs> I should yes. have said. I should have said. And, uh, yeah, next time I will say. <laughs> and, and so what happens is, is we just continue to be hurt and angry again and again and again. And by doing so, we're setting ourselves up to manifest failure into our lives. So rather than any of that, we get rid of all bitterness by forgiving the betrayer. Somebody says, well, Stephen, you just don't know what they did to me. And they're not asking for forgiveness. In fact, I know that they would just do it to me again. Then stay away from them. (laughs) But a higher perspective on what that other person is going through, on where they are in the evolution of their spirit over their lower self, that is what's going to help you to forgive them. You see, there's something that's quite amazing that happens when the creative cosmos when it happens in the universe around us uh, we we go free from the constructs of bitterness which is the root of most diseases and mental health issues bitterness is like a thief to our higher selves but unconditional love is a great protector in our creative lives it insulates us from those negative influencers what i found i was actually thinking about this recently that when something has happened in a relationship, betrayal, anything negative, um, the real 
mark of, of being able to move on is neutrality. Because yeah, I love that phrase that you've used before, um, you know, something or someone living rent free in your head. <laughs> and it doesn't really, it's interesting that it could be for good, it could be for bad, but it's a, it almost is an obsession. And whenever we have these moments of, of obsessing over a conversation, a person, an entity, anything, it's, it's just taking up so much space that could be full of our progress and our kinetic belief. And so just being aware of what we're even using our mind for and, and working toward neutrality where these things are concerned is, is also a huge part of this. There is a sense, and a lot of people have this sense, and it's automatic, that if I forgive someone, then I will not receive justice. So I've got to remain bitter. I have to make sure that they know that what they did or said was wrong. Look, staying mad will never manifest justice. In fact, the universe is packed full of appropriate vengeance that is fair, that corrects, and it, it compensates. Our Creator is a God of equity. Wow. And the universe is teeming with the abundance of every creative Creator. And it is equitable. But you know what? We have to change the way that we think. Einstein said that we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we use to create them. <laughs> <laughs> and it took, an Einstein, it took Einstein, didn't it, to say that. We may not see it when we would like to see it or how we would like to see it. But recompense will manifest when we let go and let wow. God. The casting of our cares is the mm. only invitation that's required for the universe to manifest our best lives. Okay, hold up. <laughs> Wait just a minute. <laughs> Stop right there. <laughs> Vengeance belongs to the universe. Mm. And understanding that that is not a part of our 50%. We have a lot of things to do. We have a lot of things to work on. Our 50% encompasses a lot of action. And uh, vengeance, reciprocity, and justice mm -hmm. is not part of that. And I'm just saying it out loud for myself. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to, you know, this pen. Right. Well, but that's huge. Mm -hmm. That's huge because, you know, we talk a lot about what is our role? What is the role of the universe? And understanding that it's not just 50% of everything that belongs to us. There are very real action, actions and reactions that we participate in or that just the universe is participating in. Um, and so, in, in, okay, so next question, follow up to all of this. How do we make sure that we, when, when we release this to the universe, knowing that the reactive part of this, the vengeful part of this that does not belong to us, how do we release that without wishing for it? Because that's going to screw us up if we start thinking, if, if our motivation to release it all of a sudden because, well, they're going to get theirs. They're about to get really screwed over by the universe. Thank goodness. I don't have to worry about it. You know, how do we separate that and, you know, release it with love while knowing that is being taken care of. Open up your journal tomorrow morning on whatever day you're on and under the column of gratitude, write down 10 different reasons. Begin with five. <laughs> Just fact. write down one. <laughs> one reason you're grateful for the person that's offended you. And then expand that to two and three. 
What are you grateful about for that person rather than what are you angry about? Write down that, make a list. And by doing that, you're casting your care and your negative thinking about that person back to the universe, which is packed full of appropriate vengeance that is fair, that does correct, that does compensate you. And until you can do that, the compensation for whatever may have been wrong to you will be withheld from you because there is a blockage from that coming into your life. What are you grateful for? What do you imagine to see and desire? Not just for yourself, but for all others as well. That's the higher perspective. And that's the one that transcends all negative things. And that's how we cast our cares. And that's it's the only invitation that's required for the universe to manifest our best lives. Well, and that's the way you just described that. I think it it's so beautiful because it was the perfect description of being at one with the universe being because that's the goal here isn't it to be hand in hand to be on that perfect vibrational frequency with the universe to manifest a life beyond anything we even could imagine and so when we're in um that love walk if you will toward ourselves and toward everyone else and it's a true it's coming from the deepest part of our intention the deepest part of our motivation i mean that is a that's a state that we want to not only be in, but to that we want to be in continually and, and try to achieve a life that's lived from that place. This is how we align ourselves with the best intentions of a good creator. Mm. Just say this out loud. Say, this is my one natural life. This is my one natural life. And I am manifesting my dreams. And I am manifesting my dreams. Into my reality. Into my reality. I'm living my abundant life. I'm living my abundant life. I'm living a prosperous life. I'm living a prosperous life. (laughs) I'm exuding joy. I'm exuding joy. I'm radiating positivity. I'm radiating positivity. I am the embodiment of success. I'm the embodiment of success. Guess what? Hey, guess what? I'm manifesting my life of greatness. I am manifesting my life of greatness as it was originally as it was originally intended intended to be to be what a fun podcast this was today and I have to say it's and I know I've used this analogy before but sometimes I feel like I just left the chiropractor's office (laughs) like thank you (laughs) for cracking my spirit and it didn't even hurt (laughs) yeah my spirit needed to pop (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly Sending out so much love and light to all you KB creatives Mm. all around the world. Yeah, and thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.